circle, yes, we rotate 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high, Good evening, Cho Onam, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine, produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. And this week on Full Circle, we have some community updates for you. First, on tonight's show, we'll get a heads up on a planned rally and ceasefire march happening tomorrow at North Berkeley BART. It'll be a march and a caravan to, uh, to MLK Memorial Park. Then we'll hear some voices from the Bay Bridge takeover yesterday when hundreds of protesters blocked morning commute traffic into San Francisco. And we'll close out the show with an interview with local pastor, Pastor Mike. He spoke with KPFA's own Davey D on yesterday's Hard Knock Radio, and he breaks down the Black Christian's open letter calling for a ceasefire in Palestine. All that tonight on Full Circle. I am your host, Freewell and Franklin. I'm coming to you from downtown Antioch. This is Bay Miwok Territory, home of the Hupin and Ompin people. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. All right, again, miu yum, miu yum, cho onum. Na mokium again to full circle. Natung Frank Sterling Jr. Yaka. And tonight we're going to stay focused on what's happening in Gaza and Palestine. And I want to kick off the show tonight with an event that is coming up tomorrow so folks can get out and participate if they are able and willing. I know people are looking for ways to show their support for a ceasefire, ways to demand a ceasefire, and sometimes it doesn't doesn't work out. Maybe it's your location. Well, tomorrow in Berkeley, there's going to be an event. So uh, folks that are out there may want to participate in and joining us now to talk about that is Sevgi Fernandez. She is with the organization Together We Stand. She's a longtime community activist, um, born basically into a Black Panther family and um, has been holding it up for a lot of us um, for a long time. Uh, welcome back to Full Circle, Sevgi Fernandez. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate you having me. And not everybody always gets to stick on the radio for the full show. So before we get into, you know, how we're feeling about what's happening and um, what other things we are doing, um, tell us real quickly about the event that's happening tomorrow, um, you know, where people should be, what's going to happen, and then we'll get into, you know, why this kind of work is important. Absolutely. So we are going to be meeting at North Berkeley BART Station at 1 p.m., uh, we are going to offer 
um, people can either come out and march with us or we're going to have a car caravan at the back if folks are unable to do the walk. We're going to be going from North Berkeley BART Station up to Martin Luther King Memorial Park, formerly Civic Center Park, um, right across the street from Berkeley High School. Uh, we hope to start marching by about 1.30 and uh, hope to wrap up around four o'clock. Uh, for folks that are gonna be driving, there's uh, lots of public parking structures in the area. And if you go on to our Facebook event page on Together We Stand, uh, we have a map there uh, indicating the parking lots and uh, just outlining where the rally will be itself. Um, and we're really excited. Uh, we've got folks from all over the Bay Area that have been asking about coming and we're really excited to, to be providing this opportunity for people in Berkeley to just come out and show their support. Definitely, and I appreciate that. A lot of people don't seem to be able to make it through the tunnel onto the bridge out to San Francisco where a, a majority of great actions are happening, although there are there have been actions in Oakland and all over the place, but this definitely helps. So again, um, just for folks that may be stepping out of the car or have to move on, that's tomorrow, North Berkeley BART Station in Berkeley, 1 p.m. Um, for a march down Shattuck, I suppose. I didn't look at the map, but I don't know which way you're going. Onto uh, Martin Luther King uh, Park, down a uh, little bit more down towards University Avenue. Yeah. So our plan is to decide once we get to North Berkeley Bart. Depending upon the numbers that we have, we hope to take University Avenue. Um, if we don't have the numbers for safety, then we'll be marching up Hearst Street, which is less traveled with cars. And then we'll take Martin Luther King over to the park. All right. And, um, well, I just wanted to get that information out at the beginning of the program. So people that, like I said, maybe stepping out, have that information again, find it on together. We stand on Facebook. And of course, we're going to post this on our website, kpfaapprentice.org and the First Voice Media Facebook page. All those places will have the details. Sevgi, I know like um, many of us, you have a, uh, a heart. You're a caring person. I know you have to be devastated and traumatized by the images and what's happening um, as a mother and an organizer. Um, tell us how you're feeling at this moment pretty pretty frustrated pretty devastated uh you know we unfortunately uh the media in our country is fairly one-sided and uh has an agenda that they're going by which is not necessarily correct uh we are really hoping that this push across the country and across the world continues as we we pressure the powers that be the powers that can uh call for a ceasefire to do so um you know biden has negotiated these four-hour ceasefires which is essentially saying okay well we're going to give you four hours and the rest of the time, 20 hours of the day, we're going to 
allow for bombings to occur indiscriminately. I mean, we are seeing indiscriminate bombings of uh, homes, of apartments, of hospitals. Uh, we're daily seeing these horrific videos of babies who cannot find their families, of mothers who cannot find their children, of hospitals that have been bombed. It's it's utterly, utterly horrific. And, um, you know, as a human being, uh, to see this occurring is, is just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And, um, you know, the narrative that Hamas is using children and families as a shield is just false, is just false. We are seeing utter indiscriminate bombing on a daily basis. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people are dying on a daily basis. Children are losing their limbs. They're losing their families. It's up to us to seek out real information. You know, we cannot rely on the United States media to provide a full picture as to what is going on. If you go on to TikTok, to Instagram, to Al Jazeera, to other other media organizations that are on the ground there, you can see the true horror that that people are experiencing. And it's up to us to bear witness to that. It's very easy to, to not look, to not, uh, to not bear witness, but it's essential that we see the reality on the ground there for these people. There's no water, there's no food. Uh, you know, Israel has the infrastructure for medical care and uh, their military far surpasses anything that, 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 Palestine has. And, uh, you know, I keep hearing these, uh, the rhetoric of, oh, well, so we should just allow Hamas to behead children and, and all of this nonsense. And it's, you know, what Hamas did was horrific in and of itself. And us, us uh, supporting Palestine and looking for ways to assist does not mean that we condone in any way what happened, but it does mean that we need to stand up and support these. I mean, it is an entire, uh, an entire people. I mean, we are watching genocide happen on a daily basis and it's completely unacceptable. We, we cannot continue to allow this to occur. And the United States is actively shipping military uh, equipment to to Israel. It and we are we are the country that can and should be putting an end to this. Netanyahu is getting uh, all the supplies, all of the help that he needs, and it's coming from the United States. We've seen, uh, you know, last week, folks in Oakland trying to block boats that are heading to Israel with military gear specifically to continue this genocide, specifically to continue this indiscriminate killing of families and children. And we have to take a stand to stop this. Let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you Absolutely. this. 
because the whole world literally has been protesting in the streets, calling for a ceasefire, um, calling war crimes, um, that this needs to stop. Yes. And at the same time, uh, our Democratic leaders in Washington held a pro-Israel rally. How does that make you feel about, you know, um, the elected officials in power right now? And what do you see happening in 2024? I know that it's it's looking bad for the Democrats, in my opinion, um, that this is happening and the way that they're handling it for votes. How are you feeling about um, the coming election? Well, they they have they have been put on notice and they need to be put on notice. And they, you know, unfortunately, Israel and uh, the power that they have within our government is 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 showing. And rather than our Democratic Party, rather than the Republican Party uh, valuing human life, they value their status, they value their um, positions much, much more. And unfortunately, in this country, we've seen time and time again, people who stand up to to say, no, this is not okay. They are suffering, uh, getting canceled, getting berated on social media. And, and we really need courage right now. I was on a, on a zoom call with, you know, 500 people over and over again, we were calling in with representative Ro Khanna just the other day. And he literally refuses to call for a ceasefire. It's completely unacceptable. It's completely unacceptable. And we need our politicians to look at, uh, you know, what, what are they really here for, for themselves, for their power, or are they here to do the right thing? And, and right now they're showing us that they are not here to do the right thing, that they're, uh, elections and their power and their status is much more important than anything else. And when 2024 comes along, we are watching and they will be uh, held accountable for the actions that they're taking now. They really will be. Definitely. And um, for a a lot of your um, career as an activist, you have fought police brutality, um, fought for accountability for people in power and police. And I'm sure you're aware of the connections um, of the Israeli military and how they share their information on how they deal with the Palestinians and train our police over here in the United States like they used to do in Oakland at Urban Shield. And now that they are trying to build these cop cities and cop campuses all over the place, um, where they can continue that training. Um, talk about what you know about that connection and Israel's training of U.S. police in their military tactics around um, containing, um, killing, and subduing the Palestinian people. Well, sadly, it, Israel and the United States are walking hand in hand in this. Uh, the militarization of our police force has has been prevalent. We see it every day when we see unarmed people, specifically people of color being shot and killed. Um, 
And the fact that we are now seeing uh, the, you know, the pressure and the money, the funding going into further militarizing our police forces is is so alarming. I mean, it's when we need to be teaching our law enforcement how to community police, how to connect with people on a humanitarian level, rather than putting our funding into that. We're putting, uh, San Pablo is putting $43 million, $43 million into building a cop campus where they can further militarize our police forces. And we have no hospital in in, in San Pablo. It's a majority black and brown uh, uh, city and 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 their priorities are to are to arm and and continue this terror it's literally it's terror and it's unacceptable and this is our tax dollars paying for this it's utterly utterly unbelievable and and it's essential that we do every single thing that we can to stop that. Our organization Together We Stand is working with many other community organizations to do everything we can to stop the building of this COP campus here, uh, just like they've been doing in Atlanta. And it's it's essential. Um, there is absolutely no place for military tactics in community policing. And we are seeing the devastating effects of that on a daily basis with our loved ones being shot and killed. When we have to, as mothers of color, speak with our children and try to discuss with them how they survive should they come in contact with police. It is, it is horrifying. It is every mother's worst nightmare to get that phone call. It's every mother's worst nightmare when we see our children leave the house and don't know if they're going to return. Good children that go to school, that have uh, aspirations to do amazing things in this world, and we're losing them on a daily basis because of this utter militarization of our law enforcement system, one that has shown time and time again there is no accountability, no accountability. I mean, it is a very rare circumstance that we see law enforcement officers have to pay a price, criminal price, for taking the lives of people of color and people who have absolutely done nothing to deserve having their lives taken. It is, it is a very critical issue in our country specifically. Definitely. And that's the voice of my special guest tonight, Sevgi Fernandez of Together We Stand. And she has been connecting the dots between Israel and the way that our police force is trained by the Israeli military after we fund them uh, their weapons and money for their military and other military weapons. And Sevgi is also organizing a rally for Palestine, for a ceasefire in Palestine um, tomorrow in Berkeley. Again, Sevgi, tell us where folks should be um, at what time, and then tell us uh, briefly, you know, what we might hear while we're there. 
Sure. So again, we're going to meet at 1 p.m. at North Berkeley BART. So folks can BART in, uh, they can drive and, and, and park there and march with us, or they can caravan behind us. Um, we are expecting some rain. We cannot let that, that stop us because, again, uh, we have people dying on a daily basis, and it's essential that we we take a stand. Uh, we will be marching up to Martin Luther King Memorial Park, which is right across the street from Berkeley High, where we were going to have a rally and speakers. Uh, we'll have security there to make sure everyone is safe. I know we've had folks reach out to us who've never marched before, who are fearful about coming out, but really want to do this because they believe so deeply in this cause. And, uh, you know, we've got a great security team in place to keep everybody safe. Um, and we just, we really encourage folks to come out and and have their voices be heard. It's, it's uh, centralized for the East Bay. So I'm hoping that folks that aren't able to make it to San Francisco or or through the tunnel that they can that they can come out and be a part of this tomorrow and and learn and uh, and just get a real sense of of what's what's happening what what truly is happening because as I said our our media here in this country is not at all portraying the realities on the ground in Palestine. Are you able to tell us anybody that might be showing up to offer some words? Yes, so we have um, we're, we have uh, Poor Magazine, who's going to come out. They're co-sponsoring with us. They're going to speak. We have uh, the Jewish Voice for Peace organization that has co-sponsored with us. They're going to come out and speak. Um, we have invited uh, Palestinians and Muslims from all over the Bay Area to come out. We hope that they come and bring their voices. Um, you know, I have a Muslim family. I, this is near and dear to my heart. And, um, you know, it's just, I, I'm hoping that we have a lot of people come and, and share their hearts with us tomorrow. Definitely. Again, that's the voice of my special guest tonight, Sebgi Fernandez, and she's organizing a march, a rally, and car caravan starting at 1 p.m., gathering at the North Berkeley BART station in Berkeley, and then heading on down to uh, Martin Luther King Park. And uh, Sebgi, I thank you again for joining us. We always appreciate your time and your effort um, in doing the right thing, and that is calling for immediate uh, ceasefire now to well, stop the bombs. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for all that you do for our community. You always show up, and uh, you know we really appreciate you always helping us to get the word out and look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And uh, just FYI, I will be heading out to the rally and um, live streaming the speaker portion. What time will the speaker portion be, Zebgi? I'm I'm assuming that we'll probably start between two and two thirty, depending upon um, you know how long it takes us to march uh, down and how much uh, traffic uh, occurs. But probably between two and two thirty, we'll have the speakers start, and um, we will be offering uh, security and uh, just uh, folks to help 
uh, get back down to North Berkeley BART, should they want an escort, we will be doing that for folks that are marching uh, with us and not and not driving. So I want to just make that clear that uh, once we finish up at the park, we will be making sure that everyone gets back to their to their transportation safely. All right. Great news. It's always um, it's always something when you march one way, then how do you get back? Well, thank you for uh, letting us know. And uh, a heads up, folks, the speakers will be at uh, Martin Luther King Park. And I will be streaming that if all goes well um, on First Voice Media Facebook page tomorrow. Again, Sevgi Fernandez, thanks for all the work that you do in the community. Um, we really appreciate you. Appreciate you as well, Frank. Thanks so much. All right, we're going to take a break right here on Full Circle KPFA Radio. We'll be right back. As you prepare your breakfast, think of others. Do not forget to feed the pigeons. As you wage your wars, think of others. Do not forget those who fight for peace. As you pay your water bill, think of others, those who are nursed by clouds. As you return home to your home, Think of others. Do not forget the people of the camps. As you sleep and count the stars, think of others, those who have nowhere to sleep. As you liberate yourself with metaphors, think of others, those who have lost their right to speak. As you think of others far away, think of yourself and say, if only I were a candle in the night. This is for Palestine, of course, the capital, Jerusalem. Unarmed people marching to the wall and they're shooting them. Suppression is a question, resistance is the answer. Long live Palestine, long live Gaza. Palestine, of course, the capital, Jerusalem. Unarmed people marching to the wall and they're shooting them. Suppression is a question, resistance is the answer. Long live Palestine, long live Gaza. All you see is war every time you turn your head and Bloodshed on the floor, mother cries, who cries for her this time? It's truth between these walls, see the lies between the lines, they hide where the bullets coming from, from the tyrants dressed in our disguise. I'm ride until the end, even if I got a pushback for all my friends, cause you know that I'm a fighter, let me see a lighter, and we not gonna stop the Palestine is free. But still you know that I'm a ride until the end. Even if I got a pushback for all my friends, cause you know that I'm a fighter, let me see a lighter, and we're not gonna stop the Palestine is free. Talk to not love, talk to be blind, talk to not care, tell me what's real, borderline's military despair, how to exist if there's no rights to be human in fear, and if you take away your home, where's the heart supposed to live? Talk to not love, talk to be blind, talk to not care, tell me what's real, borderline's military despair, how to exist if there's no rights to be human in fear, and if you take away your home, where's the heart supposed to live? Ibrahim 
global thought they could resist without a wheelchair. Ten-year challenge, tell Reg if we are still here. And tell that killer Netanyahu he should feel fear. The old live through us and guarantee the children will care. Criminal, not invincible, and you know it. Samadun, Samadun, still sitting in their stoic. May not feel us with you when you listen to our poems. You inspire humanity, your resistance is heroic. Regardless of talk, here's time we answer the call. Through your strength of spirit, you provide example for all. How to live, how to love when attacked from the clouds above. Loud and clear, the songs you sung can't be drowned by the sound of guns. Or just watch your tragic time through a satellite dish. The least that we can give you is an anthem like this. They panic, try to analyze and sanitize this. But we love all right, welcome back still. to Full Circle right here on KPFA Radio. We are part of the Pacifica Radio Network. I'm your host tonight, Freewell and Franklin. You just heard Loki with Frankie Boyle and Maverick Sabre with their track, Long Live Palestine. Before that, you heard my conversation with Sevgi Fernandez of Together We Stand. And if you need the details on the march and rally for a ceasefire happening tomorrow in Berkeley, you can follow Together We Stand on Facebook. We'll also post the details on our Facebook page, First Voice Media, and of course, our website, kpfaapprentice.org. And just FYI, they're gathering at North Berkeley BART tomorrow at 1 p.m. Now, continuing on to spend the rest of the hour on the current ongoing attempted genocide of the Palestinian people happening in Gaza and the West Bank. Yesterday, I spoke with Rami, an organizer of the Palestinian youth movement, as he and nearly a 100 other protesters took over all westbound lanes of the Bay Bridge heading into San Francisco during the morning commute. Rami spoke to us from the Bay Bridge, and immediately following Rami, we'll hear from Aisha, another activist on the bridge. She was speaking with Davy D on Hard Knock Radio. Hey, this is Freewell and Franklin. I got Rami of the Palestinian Youth Movement on the phone. Uh, they're currently taking over the Bay Bridge. Rami, tell me, um, what's it look like there on the bridge? Yeah, so currently um, about over 100 police officers have made a solid row um, and are currently closing in on people, uh, making arrests, mass arrests, um, but people are not leaving. Um, they're around, right around me, between the cars. Um, they are moving in a bit, uh, but we've held the bridge for a little bit uh, over an hour. And tell us, are, are you guys secured to the bridge? Have you locked yourself down to the bridge? Yes, there are people locked into the bridge. Um, I'm not sure. I think they've all been uh, removed, uh, arrested. Um, but there were people chained up, locked, completely blockaded across the bridge. And tell me why Palestinian youth movement, uh, critical resistance, or whoever's out there, um, why you feel you need to take this measures, these, uh, this um, civil disobedience. As long as Joe Biden continues to ignore a majority of the American people, 66% of Americans, who are calling for a ceasefire, who are calling for an end to U.S. aid to Israel, uh, we will be shutting it down for as long as it takes, as long as they continue to ignore the people who they are stealing tax dollars from and sending it to Israel to commit genocide, we will continue to shut it down. 
And how do you all see the Apex Summit going? Um, I've seen some of the posts on social media while they're having cocktails and fancy dinners. Um, people yeah. are dying and being bombed to death in Gaza. Um, talk about how you all see um, what's happening with APEC here in San Francisco and the contrast with what's happening, you know, in Gaza. Yeah. So as as our, you know, world leaders, including Joe Biden, are are continuing to um, to meet at APEC in, in, San, in the heart of San Francisco, where we need tax dollars for education, for housing, for health care. Uh, it is pretty ironic that they're here right now um, and uh, are currently sending uh, a proposed $14 billion uh, to Israel just last week. They want to send more American tax dollars to Israel as they come together and strategize how they can send more money towards militarization and war, which is what they're doing right now at APEC. They are joined by hundreds of CEOs and corporations who are strategizing about how they can profit off of people. And they are doing that right now in Palestine as we speak. Boeing is here at APEC. They are testing their missiles and their death material on Palestinians as we speak. So it is a it is an investment circle there at APEC while they're strategizing on how they can profit off of our bodies. And uh, that is why we're here on the Bay Bridge, a major artery of our community, because the Bay Area stands against genocide and they stand against APAC. Around the world, leading uh, international lawyers and um, other um, big thinkers, let's put it that way, have said and condoned what's happening as war crimes and are saying that the United States is complicit on these war crimes, providing material aid and other stuff. How do you all see um, what's happening, the devastation that's happening in Gaza? Yeah, um, you know, every time we open our phones, uh, watch our TV screens, we are surrounded by images of our loved ones being massacred. Um, thousands of people are stuck under the rubble. 6,000 children have died so far. 11,000 people um, have died in total. And that is a low estimate. Um, this is like one of the, the most deadly um, genocides and conflicts that has happened um, in years. And it's happened in, in 30 days or, or something a little over 30 days. I mean, there is a massacre. and. Um, to know that Joe Biden is unwavering in his commitment to Israel and his commitment to fund to fund these genocides, um, it's it's absolutely nauseating, and that is why Bay Area communities and residents came out here to say we will not stand for this any longer. We will not just continue to watch our loved ones die on our dime. Enough is enough. No more money for genocide. Joe Biden must call for a ceasefire now. Yes. Now, um, thank you for that, Rami. Can you kind of glance around and tell me um, what's going on and what the scene looks like? What do you all have out there, your banners? Um, what are you all using to display, you know, your message? Yeah, there's a couple banners that say stop the genocide. Um, Biden, ceasefire now. There are people laying on the ground um, with um, 
white tarps over their bodies, just like the white body bags are are piling up in Palestine. Um, There is a row of protesters um, who are chained through cars and locked in. Um, And that's what the scene has looked like. And arrests have already started. And um, where are the police now? Can you see them from your vantage point? What are they doing? Yeah, the police are currently moving in on peaceful protesters. Um, They're kind of moving up the line to, um, they're making arrests, putting people in a bus and um, continuing to kind of move forward and push forward with their line. But as I can see, no cars have started moving. It's still locked down. And how many cars can you see out there that are part of the blockade of the bridge? Um, I am actually not sure about that. I'm not sure how many cars in total, but I know that the entire Bay Bridge is probably backed up all the way to Oakland. Yes, I'm here at home and I am watching the news and it's all over the news. Good job on um, getting your message out. And I guess I would just um, leave you with this to stay safe. And have the police been using any um, violence or violent tactics? How have they been clearing the protesters that refuse to move? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's been a lot of pushing, a lot of shoving. They've got their batons out. They've got their um, their uh, protective shields out um, to, to bully and intimidate protesters. Um, But protesters are not intimidated. They've been here for over an hour um, and they were unwavering in their commitment um, to shut down the Bay Bridge, a major artery in our community, and let Joe Biden know that that we don't want our tax dollars going to genocide. All right, Rami, Palestinian youth movement, I appreciate you taking this moment um, while the Bay Bridge is being blocked by ceasefire protesters who need and want and are demanding a ceasefire in Gaza. This all while the APEC summit is going on. And as you say, they're whining and dining. Um, No mind on what's happening in Palestine. Rami, I thank you very much for this time. Good job and good luck. Sounds good, Franklin. Thank you so much. All right, Davey, you there? I'm here. All right, I'm putting Aisha on the phone right now. Thank you. Hello, this is Aisha. Aisha, how are you? What's going on on the Bay Bridge right now? Right now, we are shutting down the Bay Bridge to demand that Joe Biden declare a ceasefire. Do you think he'll hear you? Obviously, this is going to make news attention. But he knows that there's a position that's been taken. Folks have uh, tried to shut down the Democratic headquarters last night. Um, he knows that there's opposition. Uh, what do you think, you know, what do you, what's it going to take for him to change his mind? I think that it is going to take a mass movement of people rising up, demanding that our elected officials listen to us. Over 65% of the U.S. population supports a ceasefire. That is across all political parties. This is a humanitarian issue, and it doesn't matter what side you're on to declare that we need a ceasefire. There are other countries that are here visiting people from other places at the APEC summit. Have they shown support for this move uh, asking for a ceasefire? What's been their response to the protest? Absolutely. 
all of the communities out here right now from third world countries are united. We understand what colonialism looks like. We understand what imperialism looks like. We understand what genocide looks like in our home countries. And we are banding together. We are united. And we are demanding a ceasefire because it doesn't take a genius to stand on the right side of history and to know that this is a genocide. All week, streets have been shut down. Parts of the bridge and freeway have been shut down as security precautions for this president and other dignitaries. And people seem to have taken that in stride. How do you think they're, they're going to feel with you all shutting down the bridge? And uh, should it be, you know, just the way that people have been trying to frame this as if you're doing something that is really out of the way and inconveniencing people, even though that we were being inconvenienced already by a president who's not listening? Yeah, I, I completely agree that we are being inconvenienced by a president who is not listening. And I think my question is, what would you do if your family was experiencing a genocide? What would you do if, you know, your whole family was calling you day and night talking about people who have died? There is no other response that we can do besides shut it down right now to gain attention for this. Last question. Can you describe what is going on on the bridge right now for people who obviously can't see? They're listening to this on the radio. All right, baby. Arrests are happening. We got to go. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate right. you taking time All out, right. Marie. All right. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Welcome back to Full Circle right here on KPFA Radio. That's 94.1 FM KPFA and worldwide at kpfa.org. We are part of the Pacifica Radio Network. Big shout out to Rami and Aisha for putting their bodies on the line out there on the Bay Bridge yesterday and for getting their voices into KPFA so we could hear what's going on. Also, shout out to Davey D for speaking with Aisha. And up next, we're going to throw it back to Davey D because yesterday he did a great interview with Pastor Mike, who was part of a group of black Christian ministers and pastors that wrote an open letter calling for a ceasefire. Again, this is Davey D coming up next with Pastor Mike. This interview first aired just yesterday on Hard Knock Radio. Check it out. We want to turn our attention um, away from the Bay Bridge and uh, talk about some of the other actions that are taking place around the country and around the world. Uh, we don't want it to be lost in the sauce, but uh, there was a large group of uh, clergy, uh, predominantly black clergy, who have signed on to a letter demanding a ceasefire. And one of the people that's been helming this or quarterbacking this is our very own Pastor Mike McBride from the Live Free and the Way Church. Uh, Pastor Mike, it's good to have you on. And I know you've been uh, very, very busy, but um, inform our audience what you all have been doing, what has taken place in terms of, I guess, what, almost a thousand pastors have signed on to this? Absolutely. Great to be with you, David D. Um, several weeks ago, um, a number of Black Christian faith leaders connected through various kinds of networks um, began to um, share our horror, disdain related to the attack on October 7th by Hamas and the reported loss of lives. And then subsequently, the what we believe is a disproportionate response by the Israeli government that had, at the time we started this petition, taken 3,000 lives of children 
and a total of 7,000 lives of uh, what we believe to be non-combatant civilians, Palestinian folks in Gaza. We met with the White House to share our concerns. Obviously, many of us have direct relationships with the Biden administration. We met with the CBC. Uh, our own Congresswoman, Barbara Lee, was actually in that meeting, among others. We shared our concerns. And from those conversations, uh, we felt it was uh, a moral imperative to um, invite other pastors, particularly from the Christian church, the Black Christian church, to weigh in with us. And we put a sign-on letter, and well over 900 uh, pastors signed on to that letter. And we published it in the New York Times last week. I just want it to be known that this letter is really intending to call for a ceasefire bilaterally between Hamas and Israel in this ongoing war. We are concerned about the humanitarian catastrophe that is now Gaza. We are also concerned about the collateral impact uh, that is being waged uh, among our Palestinian loved ones and friends in the occupied territories of of uh, uh, the West Bank. Um, we are concerned about an extended conflict in the region that could bring nuclear powers into uh, uh, conflict. Uh, and we are concerned about all of it. And so this letter is an intent to uh, signal publicly our concern and a, a call for a ceasefire as a moral imperative. You met in the White House, and I don't want it to go over people's heads. This is not your first rodeo, and nor is it the first rodeo of many of your colleagues and comrades. Um, one would argue, and I know just from working with you over the years, um, the current position in the White House really has a lot to do with the on-the-ground work that many of you guys have done. Um, I've seen it up close. You know, for folks who don't know, we're talking about not a few hundred, not a few thousand, but millions of door knocking and phone calls have you know, transpired with the folks that you roll with and getting people to these polls. So when we're talking about your meeting in the White House, this isn't a fringe group that <laughs> doesn't understand what's going on. That's usually how people get gaslight. You all don't really understand the work speaks for itself. You've been all around the world and all around the country and have been the ones that have been sought out by this administration and past administrations for your point of view. I want to frame it this way because just yesterday we seen Joe Biden say, we're not doing a ceasefire. And I'm a little perplexed because he wants to listen to you all for everything else. Why is he not listening now? And what is the holdup? Where, 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 who's pulling the lever? Well, I'll say a couple of things about that. If you go to our letter bit.ly backslash faith leaders for ceasefire, you'll see in bold uh, about 30 plus names who are um, a very diverse group of black Christian clergy across the spectrum of the black church, uh, the conservative wing of the black church and the very progressive liberal wing of the black church. Many people who signed on to this ceasefire letter may have different politics related to Israel, uh, to Palestine, uh, to our uh, investments tax-wise into uh, the region but all of us are united about there needing to be a ceasefire, which is just to say that we may not have unanimity around the politics of the region, but we have unanimity around the humanitarian crisis that is happening in the region. 
And that message, I believe, was communicated very clearly to this White House and to the Congressional Black Caucus. And even post our meeting, we certainly don't believe we were the only ones voicing this concern because there have been obvious protests and demonstrations everywhere across the country and the world. But these conversations and the pressure actually started to move the White House, we believe, in their public messaging to even introduce the idea of a humanitarian pause. And so I just want to say that the pressure, the, 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 the voices, the collective voices that are multi-faith, multi-racial, all across the board for a ceasefire should continue to be amplified not because there is hatred for any particular group, but because there is deep love for everyone. The bombing must stop eventually. Why not stop it today and create a political solution? We believe the Biden administration is not there yet like we would want them to be, but they are closer than they were several weeks ago. And so the organizing continues. I will tell everyone, let's continue to call out for a ceasefire, for a humanitarian support, for a peaceful resolution without falling into the tropes and the negativity and the disparaging that often borders on anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, et cetera. We can do this and have a moral imperative to hold the humanity of everyone while naming that there is a vicious occupation, there is a deep sense of injustice happening in the land, and we need not embrace the barbarity of anyone in order to call for the saving of everyone. If you can put on your pastoral hat for a minute, your theological understanding, I've had conversations with folks who have literally sat me down and said, this has been prophesized. We need to have this happen. Um, this is going to bring, bring hasten the return of Christ. And, you know, I mean, you've heard these arguments. Uh, some of it is evangelical in nature. Some mm -hmm. of it is from other spaces. But there is a religious component that, you know, has in the back of some people's minds, like, this is a good thing. We need to have this happen. How do you wrestle with that? And have you had these conversations in a pastoral role? Because um, that's a hard thing to, to, to wrap your head around with on a political thing when this is, you know, somebody's deep-seated faith. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a very difficult part of the Christian um, kind of orientation in the West and in, you know, uh, the kind of end-time eschatological theologies that uh, so many are baptized into without a lot of critical thinking. Uh, I will just say um, the core tenets of our faith teach us that God so loved the world right? That salvation is for everyone. There is a universality in the teachings of Jesus and in the best that our Christian tradition has to offer us. Eschatology in the Christian faith, which is the study of the end times, cannot be used as a viable foreign policy of a nation state. <laughs> You can believe what you want about what the Bible says about the end times, but you ought not use that as a way to create policy related to foreign nations with our tax dollars and certainly allow it to desensitize us to the death 
and killing and slaughtering of children in any land in the world, from Israel to Palestine, to the Congo, to the Yemen, to the Sudan, to East Oakland. No theological framework excuses the mass killings of people. Even in the text, there is a certain kind of pushback around that, even when it happens. So I just say to folks, let's not uh, pick which part of the Bible you're going to be so uh, committed to. you committed to the end times, but you're not committed to loving your name. Right. Uh, you better wrestle with the whole book. And I believe when you wrestle with the whole book, there is no biblical basis for the mass killing of anyone if you are a follower of Jesus. And I pray and hope that Black churches, Black pastors, Black church people can continue to think about our own experience as oppressed people in a foreign land who, who, uh, whose, whose lives were deeply uh, trivialized by the misinterpretation of biblical text by people with diabolical intent. We must acknowledge that there is a Trumpian-like government leadership uh, wing in the government of Israel and if we are, were to oppose the kind of a uh, rogue uh, Trumpian governments here, we ought not embrace that style of leadership anywhere. We ought to name evil and wickedness when we see it. And we ought to posture ourselves as people of peace however we can. And I believe that that is what the Black Christian uh, uh, faith leaders who signed this letter are attempting to do. None of us are foreign policy experts. Uh, many of us have been to Palestine. We've seen the occupation up close. We are in deep relationship and friendships with Israeli and Palestinian and Arab and Muslim and Christian and non-Christian, non-religious people all through those lands. So we are not speaking anew about this issue, but we felt we needed to speak with unity today. Um, and I just want to, again, reiterate, this has been several weeks of us uh, moving together. We're not new to this conversation. And it's the voice of Pastor Mike McBride. As we close out, what would be the one or two things you ask our listeners to do to support this? Well, I hope that I hope that all of us will continue to lift up our voices and demand a ceasefire, demand the release of hostages. Uh, Hamas still has hostages that need to be released. Uh, we, we know that there are Palestinian loved ones being held in the West Bank that need to be released. Uh, we believe all these hostages, innocent civilians, should be released. We believe that there should be a ceasefire bilaterally uh, and that there should be a space for peace uh, and resolution happening using all of the geopolitical forces of the United States and surrounding Arab countries to ensure that this conflict and this war ends and there can be a political process moving forward. We believe there has to be humanitarian aid that is literally flooding into the region that is commensurate with the level of devastation. Only our elected officials from the president to the Congress can ensure that the United States shows up with our tax dollars and our global influence in a way that helps to push us forward in this manner. We can't necessarily control all the other actors, but we can't control how we show up. 
we need to make sure our elected officials know, not in our names, are we wanting to support, fund, and undergird mass killings uh, of other poor people, brown folks, et cetera, in any part of the world. This is a moral imperative to speak up and we ought to speak up, call your senators, call your congressional members, call the president, speak out against IPAC, who is now taking out $100 million reportedly to try and remove a number of black elected officials who have been calling for a ceasefire. We believe that to be a direct attack on the black community and it is unconscionable. We ought to be calling that level out because it is not uh, fair to the scores of black people in this country who depend on these elected officials to represent our interests in this country, in the Congress, to now automatically be systematically targeted in a way that leverages their uh, influence at the expense of our own community. So there is a lot we can do. Um, stay in deep relationship with Jewish brothers and sisters and loved ones. Stay in deep relationship with uh, Palestinian uh, brothers and sisters and loved ones. Do not allow anyone to pit us against one another. Call out for a moral response to a tragic situation. And let's, uh, let's, let's promote peace and let's promote uh, into the war. Pastor Mike McBride, we appreciate you taking time out. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember, check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for pictures, archive shows, and important links and information related to tonight's show. Also, please like and follow First Voice Media on Facebook, where we post live stream videos, other videos, and material that doesn't always make it to the radio. Shout out to the Full Circle crew, Miss M, the executive director, and me, Freewell and Franklin. I have been your host tonight, and I'm also the technical director for this show, Full Circle. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, while you're out there, to please protect your health, and especially at this time, your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA. Up next is La Onda Bajita. Good night, everyone. <laughs>